My name is Monica, and welcome to my brand new podcast called Love Your Liberal Friend. Basically, I've created this podcast as a way to cope because I'm often surrounded by very, very conservative family and friends. I'm not sure how this happened, and I'm sure if you were to talk to my therapist, they could explain this. But basically, I'm the snowflake in a family full of conservatives. My husband tends to share the same views as I do, and our children tend to be more left-leaning. But I'm kind of the square peg trying to fit into a round hole. When our brand new 45th president hit the White House, I had a nervous breakdown. Legitimately. My therapist and I have spoke at length about how it has affected the relationships around me. And it was actually her idea that I find an outlet. I made a promise that I to myself that I would stop posting political stuff in my Facebook and Twitter news feeds. I didn't want to purposely offend my family. I love them despite our differences. And the same goes with my more conservative friends. However, with Trump hitting the White House, some of those relationships have been, I don't want to say damaged, but altered. So I thought about it and decided to come up with this. That way I can post this podcast in my Facebook and Twitter feed. And if someone chooses to go out, download this podcast and listen to it, it's on them, not on me. I'm not filling their news feed with a bunch of crazy crap in their words, not mine. I simply am getting my views out there as constructively and as in a way that doesn't affect the people that I love. So with that said, welcome to episode one of Love Your Liberal Friend. I want to start out with saying that not everything I'm going to talk about on this podcast is going to be Trump related. Once he leaves the White House, I'm sure he won't show up every day doing something stupid in my newsfeed. But until that day comes, I ain't going to lie to you. He's going to be part of this topic of conversation probably every week. I wasn't a huge Hillary Clinton supporter. I'm not going to lie. There's things she's done and things she said that have been more than cringeworthy. But I had this philosophy going into it. And that was, if one of my children got cancer... I would want to go to an oncologist. I would want to go to someone who had went to school and had practiced in the field of oncology to take care of my child. I wouldn't go to Kim Kardashian and say, hey, my kid's got cancer. What do you think? So when I was looking at Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump as my choices, she was a politician She has a law degree. She has an advanced education. She had served as senator 
Secretary of State, First Lady, she understood what this job was about. And then I had Donald Trump, a spoiled millionaire who had never had to work hard for a thing in his life. His dad set him up. He didn't even work for what he started at. He didn't go to school and he doesn't have an advanced degree. He has no political background. He's never even really been politically, other than going on the Howard Stern show and running his mouth, someone who was active in politics. So to me, it was a no-brainer. It was not great candidates. But like I said, when you got cancer, you want an oncologist, not Kim Kardashian. We ended up with Kim Kardashian for president. So this week, it was really hard to come up with what I wanted to talk about and not make this podcast be, I don't know, three hours. So I just kind of went for the big stuff. And let's remember, this has been a big week. Aside from the crazy stuff that Trump's got going on, we have Judge Kavanaugh, you know, going before Senate to be confirmed. We've got the huge anonymous New York Times op-ed. George Papadopoulos was sentenced. So if you're looking at politics, you know, this was a big week And that's not even including the crap that went on in the White House. So I think I want to start, though, with something that really is kind of small in the grand scheme of things, but to me says so much. The National Park Service photographer came out and admitted that under the pressure from Donald Trump and Sean Spicer, he edited the inauguration pics to make the empty spaces go away. So it didn't look as small as what it was. You want the smallest thing here is, and that is how small Donald Trump really is. That he would pressure an employee to do this so that he could stroke his enormous ego. Now, You've got your Trump supporters, your diehards. They're going to be like, oh, that's not a big deal. If President Obama had done that, now granted, he didn't have to because literally millions and millions of people went to Washington to see this. But if President Obama had done that, if Bill Clinton had done that, these people would have lost their marbles. But Donald Trump does this, and it's like a blip on the radar. And granted, this week, it really was just a blip on the radar. But I think it really says a lot about the person he is, that this was so important to him. The number of people who were standing there to support him was so small, and there was so much empty space That instead of focusing on, okay, hey, I am the president of the United States. My butt needs to get to work. No, he couldn't do that. This is what he did in his first days in office. Pressure a photographer into editing pictures to make him look better. So that's just, we're just going to say that was just a small nugget this week. We had another little small nugget and that was before a rally I want to say in Montana 
he was quoted as saying that members of Mueller's team, quote, cried, end quote, when Hillary lost the election, calling it her funeral in her wake. There's no pictures of this. I, several of people have come forward and one of his team was actually at the event and there's pictures of him he clearly wasn't crying there is absolutely no truth no evidence no proof that he can offer that anyone that he is talking about cried when she lost the election does his base care no no they'll share memes about it they'll find doctored pictures i'm sure and share because lord only knows we've seen enough of that out of this group but he flat out lied and they just don't care he altered pictures he lies these are both lies and they're about just minute things and that's just that's just the little stuff and they just don't care they don't care that he lies he also said that uh if he was to lose in the election in 2020 it would turn america into a third world country what kind of ego must you have to truly believe that when a new president is elected and you are elected out, that we would turn into a third world country? Now, there's part of me that thinks he has no idea what a third world country is. I mean, let's face it. He ain't real bright. I mean, I, I could have like a whole nother podcast about the ways that Donald Trump isn't imbecile but in what way because we have flipped this country for hundreds of years back and forth between blue and red and we've never turned into a third world country we've had wars we've had terrorist attacks we have had presidents such as nixon and watergate we have had so many things happen. And we, we always come out on the right side of things. So how big must your ego be if you are a sitting president and you would publicly say, if I'm gone, this country's going third world. Third world means pretty much no running water, no form of stable government, no, I mean, we're talking about planes flying overhead and dropping packages of rice. Does he know what a third world country is? I mean, does he really believe the entire infrastructure of this country is just going to dissolve if his stupid rear end is not sitting in office? What the hell? What the hell i know the manager at the taco bell i go to believes that he's irreplaceable and then tomorrow when they do do you know what's going to happen i'm still going to get my fucking taco and yet this clown is sitting in the white house thinking that when he's gone and and let's face it 
even if by some stroke of the imagination he was to get elected again, maximum term eight years, there's going to be a new president. So what, he thinks we've got eight years of stability left, or six years, I'm sorry, if he was to get reelected and then everything's going to fall to shit? What kind of egomaniac thinks that? But that wasn't even the best. You see, this week, there was a highlight for me. President Obama. I'm sorry, people get really upset when you say that. It's never been a thing. People refer to, you know, presidents as, you know, president. Former President Obama gave a speech at the University of Illinois on Friday. And I watched a little bit of it. And the whole topic was the state of our democracy and the importance of the midterm elections and getting out there to vote. And not even talking about, we're going to take away the topics. We're going to take away the, you know, what they're talking about. The stark difference between former President Obama and current President Trump there's no, when you watch a rally for Trump, it's screaming. It's derogatory. It's getting the crowd to chant, lock her up. I mean, and no offense, we are so far past that. But anyway, you know, just crazy stuff. I mean, he's, he lies. You know, when you fact check a Trump speech, it is ridiculous how many f things that are just flat out lies. We're not talking like big fish stories where, you know, I, bought, I caught a fish this big kind of thing. Where, yeah, you caught a fish and maybe it was only 12 inches, but you tell everybody it was 24. We are talking about no basis in truth. The majority of his, his speeches, no basis in truth. He says what will inflame. He says what will get people riled up. And he feeds on the paranoia of, of conservatives. So I'm, I watched his speech, Trump's speech in Montana. And then I watched Obama's speech at the University of Illinois. Compared to a Trump speech, we're talking about someone who is intelligent, eloquent, full sentences. I mean, Trump will start a sentence and stop. And then start a new one. I mean, constantly. There was no hubris. You know, unlike Trump, Obama didn't, you know, haul out people who might have been protesting him. Because by now, let's take a side street here. And let's talk about his rally and plaid shirt guy. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you did not see this, go out and Google plaid shirt guy. There was a young man, I believe they said he was a high school senior, standing directly over Trump's right shoulder during his rally. And he was reacting to some of the stuff Trump was saying in ways that most intelligent people do. Kind of like with faces that say, what the fuck? In the middle of this rally, 
People from Trump's team came and removed him. He wasn't being like outlandish. It's not like he was like waving his arms, stomping up and down. It was simply simple facial expressions. Instead of smiling and cheering, he had questioning looks on his face like, what are you talking about? And they hauled him off. Because Lord only knows we can't disagree with Donald Trump. And then they came out and hauled off his friends. And replaced them with two attractive women who stood and smiled at the right points. Clapped at the right points because Lord knows Donald Trump's ego can't handle that. Last week, the photo that went around, there was a protester at the rally and they were hauling him out. And when a photographer went to take a picture of it, a Trump team member reached up and put his hand over the lens because Lord knows we don't want to see that. We don't want to see how the entire Trump team has to coddle and boost up and stroke the ego of our president. So let's get back off the side street. So we had this amazing rally with Obama. And, you know, everything he said that was not an opinion, but something that was supposed to be based in fact, you could go out and you could find where he got this from and what he statistics he was quoting unlike a trump speech but some of the things that he said that made so much sense to me one thing he said was we are americans we are supposed to stand up to bullies not follow them and that is so true you look at our amazing history. You look at the, the wars we fought, the conflicts we've been in, and it's everyone standing up for what's right. We didn't follow. We were the ones that led the fight for justice. When our military goes out, they are trying to right the wrongs. And here we have a sitting president who's a bully. If he, you know, unless you are an old conservative white man, you pretty much, you don't got a horse in this race. So I thought that was such a simple and amazing statement to say because we've lost that these last two years. You know, another thing that he said, and I think this has got so lost, you know, it's one of those things that after it happened, something Trump did something else really stupid, and we kind of just glossed over it. But Obama said, how hard can that be, saying that Nazis are bad? How hard can that be? He is so right. When Charlottesville happened, and Trump said, well, there's good people on both sides. There are no good people that are Nazis. None. My grandfather fought in a war that purpose was to say, we will not tolerate this kind of hate. He was a POW who, gave, who would have given his life to say, we're not going to lay down and let this kind of hate roll over. 
I have family members who, who my grandfather gave birth to and raised. They know what he went through. And yet they turn a blind eye to this. They turn a blind eye to a president who thinks that Nazis are okay. That you can be a good person and be a Nazi. Oh, brush it off. Walk past it. We're not going to look at that. He's not Hillary Clinton. So I don't care if he's a Nazi sympathizer. I've got family that go to things called KK cookouts. Yes, that cookout with a K. Very, very clever, I must admit. But I've got family that go to local Ku Klux Klan cookouts. How I was even born some of the time I, I really, really wonder sometimes. But they support this hate. And if you support it, there's only one reason you support it. And that's because you agree with it. President Obama said. Talking about the New York Times op-ed, which I'm going to touch on later. He said the claim that everything will be okay because there are people inside the White House who are secretly who secretly aren't following the president's orders. That is not a check. And it's not. As a country, we have a constitution. One that our president either has never read or doesn't understand. His attack on the press, it's unprecedented, the things that he says. It's unprecedented that people believe him. We are talking about a president that instead of getting security briefings, his talking points come straight from Fox News. And don't get me wrong. I know that like CNN is left leaning and, you know, there's left and there's right. But then there's Fox News. Fox News every day should have to run a disclaimer of all the stupid shit they say that's untrue from the previous show. But even Fox News is calling out President Trump on some of his stupid shit. So you know things are bad when Fox News doesn't agree with President Trump. But I digress. He attacks the First Amendment. He attacks the right to assemble peacefully to protest. Talking about how it should be illegal for people who are protesting Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation. He talks about, you know, anywhere he goes, anyone who disagrees with him, how that should be illegal. The man does so much stupid shit. He says so much stupid shit. And when you Google his name, negative shit comes up. And he wants to investigate Google because he thinks they're out to get him. Never mind everything that comes up is truth. No. We don't have a right to free speech if it disagrees with him in his mind. If it is a constitution, if it is in our constitution, if it is part of the fabric of what this country was built on, unless it falls in the Second Amendment, all the rest of the constitution can go to hell, is basically what Donald Trump thinks. 
I, I don't even know. You know, I brought up the New York Times op-ed. So let's go on a move. Because if, if I could, I could go on and on about the stupid shit Donald Trump says. That, that's a, like literally a whole nother podcast. I could do two hours a week on just the stupid shit Donald Trump said this week. If you ever want to know what that is, Seth Meyers does a, a closer look. And he really likes to hammer in on the stupid shit that Donald Trump says. Let's talk about the New York Times anonymous op-ed. This person is supposedly an insider at the White House. And he basically came out and said, you know, this is what's going on. He didn't give out anything in terms of national security. He didn't give out information that would be classified or confidential. He ba it was basically like a Yelp review of what it's like to work in the White House. Now, we had Bob Woodward's book come out. We had Omarosa Crazy Pants, her book that came out. And if you read those two and you read that op-ed, there is a lot of common themes. We've had other people that have walked away from the White House that have said similar things as well. There's this phrase that we've all heard and that is if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck it's probably a duck when you have dozens of people with inside knowledge to the white house saying that the president you know doesn't take his briefings that the president doesn't listen to his advisors that the president is emotional and makes knee-jerk reactions that the president is constantly watching Fox News and trolling the internet and watching what people are saying about him. That the president doesn't do security briefings and national security briefings. Instead, he's tweeting on Twitter, which we all know. He tweets more than my 17-year-old son. When all of these people are coming out and saying the exact same things over and over at what point do we stop and say okay something's not right here and then trump comes out and says that he wants the department of justice to investigate into the new york times op-ed first of all i'm, I'm going to go with the very before we talk into the legal part of it first of all if it's untrue why why is your panties in a bunch you know, I one time had a woman who didn't like me very much. Our kids went to school together. And she liked to spread shit about me. I never responded to her. Never. When people would come up to me and say, yo, you know, so-and-so said this about you. I would just say, you know, believe what you want to believe and walk away. I'm not the president of the United States. I'm not a public figure. But if it wasn't true, why give it anything? That's, that's, the, that's the first point I want to make here. If none of this stuff that people say is true, why does it upset him so much? Now, I know I've already covered that his ego is fragile and that it has to be stroked. But you've got all, you're the president of the United States. You are the leader of the biggest country the biggest superpower 
and it upsets you when there's an op-ed in one newspaper. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's usually a fire. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But second, no crime's been committed. This person did not release anything that would be considered confidential. He didn't release anything. I'm saying he, he or she didn't release anything that was national security. The only thing this did was basically say, hey, he's a man child trying, you know, it's, it's like putting a toddler in my local Taco Bell. And when he screws up making my tacos, everybody's saying, oh, my God, I didn't have an idea. There's a third, you know, a toddler couldn't make a taco. We put a reality TV star in the White House. And why is anyone surprised that he can't do the job? So we all know he's an idiot. And anyone that says he's not an idiot, I question their intelligence. I don't care if you support him because you, you can say to me, listen, I'm a Republican. I'm supporting him as the Republican president of the United States. I respect that. I respect that completely. But when you tell me that you agree with everything he does and you think he's a good president, I, I question your intelligence. I question the basis of your moral and ethical makeup. I question that you have even an iota of humanity in your heart. If you can look me in the eye and say, I agree with what he's done. I agree with everything that he has said. And I think he's a good president. Because that is crazy. That is like, put you in a straitjacket kind of crazy. Because it just is. I mean, I think I've covered why it is. So anyway, back to the op-ed. One of his tweets was treason. All caps, one word. Okay, so I'm not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to pretend to be a lawyer. I'm not going to say that even I understand all the ins and outs to the legalities of committing treason. But if going to Russia a country that is not an ally to us, if going to that country and having a closed-door meeting with only an interpreter is not treason and a threat to national security, writing an opinion piece isn't treason either. If, when it, I mean, we already know that members of his campaign were in bed with Russia during the election because they've admitted to it. So having Russia infiltrate and help win the election isn't treason. I don't think writing an opinion piece to the New York Times is. If siding with people who are Nazis and Klansmen if that isn't treason, which I don't actually think it is, but if it's not, then definitely write an opinion piece for a newspaper isn't. If going on Twitter and going on TV and standing at rallies 
when you are the leader of the free world, when you are the person who has accepted the responsibility to protect our country, to guide our country, to follow what our founding fathers have set forth with truth and honesty. When you go before these crowds and on social media and you make wild, baseless accusations that you never, never offer a shred of proof or an iota of proof about, if that isn't treason, which I really don't think it is, but if that isn't treason, how is writing an op-ed treason? This man has no accountability for himself, but Lord only knows he wants to hold everyone accountable to this crazy sense of what he thinks our government is. So speaking of the op-ed, still staying there, anyone that knows me, and I know all of you don't know me, but WikiLeaks to me, uh, they're a bunch of cowards. They're cowards who like Trump, like to rile up and feed on the paranoia that people have. And we all have, everybody has something, you know, that they're afraid of or that deep down they fear. That's not just a right wing thing. It's an everybody thing. And WikiLinks loves to do that. Well, they came up, they performed a huge statistical analysis and linguistic analysis. And they came up with the New York Times op-ed was likely written by an older conservative white male. No shit, Sherlock. Is there anyone else at the White House? I mean, legit. Is there hardly anyone in that White House that is not conservative? Over the age of, I would say, at least 30. Possibly 40. I know the pictures I've seen, I've not seen a lot of ethnicities other than Caucasian, but what can I say? And it ain't like, unless they're hot, good-looking, and he's going to sexually harass them, Donald Trump's going to put any women in charge of anything. Linda McMahon, I'm sorry. We won't even talk about that. He appoints... More than two times more men than women. Actually, I've read one place it was five times. But, of course it's a man. And everybody's speculating who they think it is. Who wrote this op-ed? I myself have it narrowed down to three people. My first guess was Donald Trump himself. I mean, we all know that when something is going on, he likes to divert attention away from it. You know, when something happens and people are like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he goes out and tweets something crazy and wild or starts having like, you know, threatening to nuke North Korea or something on Twitter. And we all turn our attention to that. Because one thing he is, is, he is the master of diversion. So, you know, why not? The Mueller investigation, I mean, it's closing in. It's closing in. He's getting people to flip. You know, Michael Cohen, 
we don't even know what he has. I mean, we know of the one audio tape that we've all heard. Where, you know, now it is definitive that Trump knew during the campaign that Michael Cohen was going to pay these people off. And it was his idea. We now know that. There is no doubt about it. Lord only knows what these people have made deals, what proof they have. If you're in bed with Donald Trump and you have an iota of intelligence, would you not be doing things to cover your ass? Lord, yes, absolutely. I bet Mark Burnett, you know, the producer of The Apprentice and Survivor, that man probably has more shit on Donald Trump than anybody and at some point at some point that man is either going to grow a conscience or someone on his team will and they will release this and we can all see in all of his glory the real Donald Trump Howard Stern show is readily available on the internet and we see Donald Trump we've heard him basically say that he'd screw his daughter I mean Come on. Who looks at their child and thinks, well, if only you weren't blood related and our kids would have webbed toes. No one in their right mind thinks that. So anyway, Donald Trump is one of my first choices. But this op-ed, let's face it, was intelligently written, well written. Donald Trump is not intelligent. I don't even, I doubt that he can even read or write. So we're going to go away from that. My second was Jeff Sessions. Trump has put him through the ringer because he won't end the Mueller investigation. Which honestly, come on guys, with all everything that's come out, why does Donald Trump want it to end? Because he knows where this is going. But anyway, you know, Jeff Session does the illegal thing and recuses himself from the Russian investigation because of his ties. And Donald Trump does nothing that beat him down. Just beats him down at every turn. Because he won't politically pursue investigations because he, I don't, and don't get me wrong, I don't like Jeff Sessions. I don't like him at all. The only thing I like about Jeff Sessions is the Saturday Night Live impersonation they do of him is hilarious. But, so if he wasn't there, that wouldn't be there. But I don't like Jeff Sessions. I don't like his politics. I don't like him as a person. The one thing I respect about him is that he seems to be trying to follow the letter of the law as the Attorney General. He is trying to lead that branch in a legal way. I don't like his politics. I don't like him. And I don't like some of the decisions that he's made in that position. But he is attempting to follow things legally. And he just gets beat down. So, hey, what better way to get back at Donald Trump than to pull back the curtain and let everyone see what Oz really is? That was my second. But the one that I keep leaning in on and the one 
that I, I could really see Mike Pence. Who has more to gain with Donald Trump either being impeached or being found unfit to continue as president? Mike Pence. Mike Pence hitched his ultra-crazy right-winged self to Donald Trump's wagon in spite of the fact that he despises everything about Donald Trump. He hitched that wagon to Donald Trump because he knows that's the only way he's going to make it to president. No one in this country, not even conservatives, are going to vote for Donald or for Mike Pence on his own as president. He wouldn't even get the nomination from his own party. This was what he thought. I He probably thought what I thought. I figured that it wouldn't even be a year Donald Trump would make it into office. Now I'm from Indiana. And I've suffered through Mike Pence as my governor. In fact, I don't like to admit this. We're from the same hometown and we go to the same church. His family goes to the same church as me. I, I think he was an awful governor. He was horrible. He was horrible for this state. Nearly dropped this state into ruin when he signed into law a massively illegal uh, religious freedom law, basically, that basically made it okay to discriminate against people who aren't straight or people who aren't white. You know, if it's against your religion, you can discriminate. It nearly killed us. We started having companies, Fortune 500 companies, who are invested in our state saying, hey, we'll pull out. We'll leave. We had Angie's List getting ready to build and they said hey no we had the ncaa saying you won't get a tournament anymore you we had you know musicians and sports teams and other events who are integral to the tourism and the money that that brings to our state saying we ain't gonna do it anymore and he still signed it signed it into law now, granted, it was ultimately, he, he watered it down, and it's not even something that is anything anymore, eventually under pressure. He signed the law in a closed meeting with all of these ultra right-wing, crazy religious people. I mean, we're talking like, we're not talking like Christians or, you know, pastors these people are those people that like eventually when the rest of the world realizes how crazy they are they start their own cult kind of thing they're crazy crazy horrible all men i might add crazy horrible men didn't even have the guts to sign it publicly hidden in office closed the door signed it with these crazy people so Mike Pence is the person and he so he knows people are going to pull this crap out and they're going to say look this is who he was as a governor we're not going to elect him he's too polarizing this is his only way to presidency is for Donald Trump to get booted I think it's Mike Pence I and one thing I can admit is Mike Pence is intelligent Mike Pence is not a stupid man That's my, that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. 
I think it was Mike Pence. Now, Donald Trump wants to give lie detector tests to everyone in the White House. And I have a feeling that that's probably not legal. I, again, I'm not an attorney, but I can only imagine my employer coming in and saying, okay, someone Yelp reviewed us. It was bad. It was anonymous. We're all taking lie detector tests to figure out which one of you said that, you know, my boss has stinky armpits, whatever. Uh, first of all, a law de uh, lie detector test is not even admissible in court. Sec <laughs> I mean, so if it's not something that can be held up to the standard of law, why would it be okay to administer it to our government <laughs> officials? I mean, what's he going to do next? Waterboard all of them and say, you know, whatever. I don't know. But this op-ed, it's one more person in a long line of people who have said that he's not fit for office. And after every time one of those comes out, I see all my conservative friends and Trump-loving friends and family who post... Trump is my president and I support him fully, you know, on Facebook. And and all I can do is I'm like, oh my gosh. These are people who prior to Trump going into presidency, I considered intelligent, thoughtful, ethically strong people. These are people that I thought, okay, if I was going to be stuck on a, a deserted island, these were people I would have wanted. Because before Trump, we had intelligent debates about politics. But you can't debate a Trump supporter intelligently. And again, I'm not talking about people who are Republicans and say, listen, you know, I'm a Republican. This is my side of the aisle. I don't like some of the things that he's done, but I support him as president. I am not talking about those people. I am talking about the people that believe Trump is a, a great president. He has done nothing wrong and that he, that I would vote for him again in a heartbeat. I don't care who the Republican Party puts up there. He's my man. Those are the people I'm talking about. Maybe instead of Trump supporters, we'll, we'll call them Trump lovers. We'll call them Trumpsters. Trumpsters. There we go. So Trumpsters. I used, before Trump, we used to have hella debates. I was the only person who tended to vote Democrat in my family. Not always, mind you. I vote based on policy and the issues. I don't vote, I'm not, you know, a lifelong member of the, you know, of the, the blue party. I vote on issues and on who I think is going to be the best person for the job blue or red, or any color in between, that's what I do. I have people now in my family and friend circle who know that I have a bisexual child and a transgender child. Two of my five children fall in the category of being LGBTQ. And they will post stuff. They will support you know, when he rolls back protections for transgenders, when he rolls back protections, you know, giving church people to 
you know, he believes that people should be able to discriminate based on sexual orientation. These, my family and my friends know this and they will post it loud and proud. And I'm like, so you're a homophobe. No, I'm not. Yes. Yes, you are. If you support these things, if you support rolling this back, where does that mean I stand and my children stand with you? Because I will fight till the death for my children. And I thought that my family and friends would have been there supporting me. But instead, they're supporting someone who doesn't. Who doesn't have people they supposedly care and love about. Two of their family members. Two people that you've told me you love. You've told them you love. But you're supporting someone who's not there to protect them. It's hard for me. It's hard for me as a human being to stand by and, and, and do that. So I brought up um, Brett Kavanaugh, which, by the way, if you don't watch the show Superstore, go out and just Google it. The guy that plays Glenn on Superstore is a spitting image for Judge Kavanaugh. So I don't know if that means they're going to phase that character out when he, if he becomes a Supreme Court judge or if he'll still have time to do both. But it's crazy weird. So we now have someone who could potentially be on our Supreme Court. Not even the worst thing that's happened with this is that he won't answer if a president can pardon himself. Won't answer. Won't publicly come out and tell the White House to release the 140,000 pages of information that should be... Because there, there should be nothing held back. This man is getting a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. You don't get to pick and choose what we see about you. He has the opportunity, he has the right to overturn what the White House has said, that they're not going to release those, and he won't do it. So what kind of person does that? If I'm going up before the Supreme Court, and you guys are going to make me a lifetime judge, you have a right to know that I failed finger painting in kindergarten. We have that right. He won't answer questions directly on Roe v. Wade. Now I know, I know, everybody's got their side in this. But a judge cannot be political in terms of this. I mean, we have to use... He has to go in there to defend the letter of the law, not to defend what his party wants. Those things are major red flags for me. But the thing that just absolutely blew my mind was when it came out that in a previous writing he suggested that contraceptives so birth control pills condoms any contraceptive that you use having sex to prevent you from getting pregnant are abortion inducing 
drugs. What the hell? What the hell? So what? We're going to turn into India where like one billion people have babies a day? Who the hell was his teacher going through law school? Mike Pence and Mother Pence? This is, this is, that's like, that is like crazy, crazy fanatical right-wing shit. Saying that contraceptives are abortion-inducing drugs. First of all, abortion-inducing means that you are pregnant and whatever you take causes you to lose the baby, to abort that fetus. If you take a contraceptive, there never was a fetus. So I'm not sure even how that makes legal sense. But that's the kind of shit we're dealing with. Crazy ass shit. People should be calling their congresspeople and saying, no, let him just continue playing Glenn on Superstore. We're cool with him there. George Papadopoulos, in case you missed it, former Trump campaign advisor, was sentenced to 14 days and a $9,500 fine for basically lying and having uh, lying to investigators about having Russian contacts during the 2016 election. He also has to uh, perform community service, which I don't know about all of you. I'm cool with picking up trash on highways or cleaning bathrooms at rest stops. But, you know. Whatever, I'm sure he'll get reading to the elderly or something like that. But he's now coming out and saying he can't guarantee that he didn't tell anyone about Russia having dirt on Clinton. Before, he didn't tell anyone. And Jeff Sessions has publicly said before, I believe it was the Senate, that he didn't know about it. This guy maintains that when he suggested to Donald Trump's face, to Donald Trump, that he should meet with Putin, that Jeff Sessions was enthusiastic about it and that Trump gave him a nod. Now, Trump claims he doesn't know him and only saw him in a picture at a table with him, which, hey, dumbass, if you were sitting at a table with him, more than likely you know him. And um, yeah, but anyway... This is crazy. And the guy got 14 days and $9,500 fine. And his wife, who is a pretty woman and a model, has gone on TV and is asking President Trump to pardon him. Which she probably has a good shot at if she'll meet him in person for a private in the Oval Office. But uh, nonetheless, she wants him to be pardoned even though he pled guilty, which just so everyone knows, I believe if you plead guilty to a crime, you should not be eligible for a pardon. I'm sorry. But if you say, yes, I did this, why should we pardon you? You've admitted to committing a crime. Nobody has to plead guilty. We all have the legal right to a a trial before a jury of our peers, and there is not a single time in my life that I have ever pled guilty in court or in life to something I didn't do and there never would be so you know that's just my opinion 
take it take it as you will if you're listening to this you're probably either one of two things rolling your eyes pounding your head on your computer because you think I'm crazy or you probably somewhat agree with me it goes both ways so that's that's all I got for this week what you can expect every week is I'm going to give you my opinion on the crazy shit that's gone on in the week before. My podcast will come out every Monday, maybe Sunday night, depending on if my, uh, how my editor gets things done. If there's something that you want to hear my opinion about, drop it to me. According to my uh, editor who's also my husband, so I kind of like him a lot. I have a Twitter, and I guess I'll have to follow it now since, you know, I have it. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at yourlibfriend, or you can email me at love.yourliberalfriend at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you would like to hear my opinion about. Until next week, this is Your Liberal Friend signing off. <laughs>